Well, good morning, everyone. Good morning. Buenos dias. Buenos dias. <laughs> um, I'm very excited to be here today. And you know, as the ministry of the branch, we meet often. And I think on behalf of the ministry, I want to share with you today that we feel like proud parents. And when I look at everyone here, and I think Brother Pete and Brother Austin and all of our brothers can attest, <coughs> how proud we are of you and how much we love you. And that is really the theme today, because as proud parents, as proud brothers and sisters of you, we want nothing but the best for you. Nothing but the best, both naturally, but more importantly, spiritually today. And that is my theme of this message for you. And what we're going to talk about is something called the untouched path today. And where that comes from, we're going to get into, but the purpose today is to recognize, number one, your untouched potential in your relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That is by far the most important message, the most important thing that you can have in your life is a close relationship with Jesus Christ. Because everything hedges upon that relationship. Because if you are not close with him, everything else that we talk about today doesn't matter. Number two, understanding our untouched potential together here in the Mesa Branch. Because we are a big family. And I look at each and every one of you and I think about the special relationship I have with all of you. And I think about the different memories that have kept me close to Jesus Christ because of your testimony, because of your love, because of your interaction in my life, in my children's life, in my wife's life. And our goal as a ministry that we might see that grow. That the same love that I felt each and every one of you might feel that. That we might grow together. And that we might bring other souls into this uh, beautiful church, into this beautiful gospel. That they might feel the same love. And then last, we're going to talk about giving today. And we're going to talk about a really neat new way that uh, we want to give as a branch. The scripture that the Lord really put upon my heart um, in months leading up to this comes out of Ether, and it's the second chapter. And to give you some context of the story, this goes all the way back into the days of the Old Testament. And they were building the Tower of Babel at this point. And the Lord is getting ready to scatter the nations across the land. He's getting ready to change the languages so that they no longer can communicate. And there's a righteous group of people who praise the Lord that they would be preserved, that they would keep that original language, that they would be able to keep the faith and stay together is what they had prayed for. So the Lord promises them at this point that he's going to send them to the promised land, which is here in the Americas. And he tells them this as he's counseling them. And he says, And it came to pass that the Lord commanded them that they should go forth into the wilderness, yea, into that quarter where there never had man been. 
let that sink in. And I put that picture up there because this is me just kind of letting that sink in. Bethany took the picture. And I think of the gravity of that, of what the Lord told them at this point in time. Nobody had ever gone before. Think about that in your own life spiritually. That they were about to give up every single thing that they knew. Their house. Their money. Not all of their family was going. Everything was going to be different for them. Think about what these people, the Jaredites, were about to give up. Has God ever asked you to have faith in him like he has never had before, like you have never had before? Has God ever required that of you? I want you to think about that. And you know, as I, I was asking myself that personally this week, God reminded me of a testimony that I have. I was 22 years old. I was newly married. Um, I was going to medical school at the time, so I didn't have an income. And I became very ill. I developed an infection in my shoulder that I couldn't move my left arm. Bethany would wake up in the morning, and the pain was so bad, she would have to help me get dressed. And I remember being at that point so scared. How could I provide for my wife? The path that I felt the Lord was telling me to go down that I wanted to be a surgeon, how am I going to do that with one arm? And I reached a point where I had to have complete faith in Jesus Christ at that point in my life. And I went to specialist after specialist of physicians, and I finally made my way to a rheumatologist, and he ran a whole host of tests. And he said, well, you have some tests that are now positive for lupus. And that might be what you have. Because lupus sometimes presents as arthritis and it can cause pain. And everything that you have makes sense for this diagnosis. And that came up front. And I was anointed and I was prayed for. And I was healed. And he took that away. And I don't have pain. I can do everything I want. Because I had faith in the Lord Jesus Christ like I had never had before. Where I no longer doubted that God could heal me because he did. Has God required that type of faith from you? Have you ever had that life-changing, Lord, I'm putting all of my trust in you because this is the only way. This is what we're talking about today. That God is expecting us to have this untouched faith in him. That no matter what comes our way, we would trust without hesitation in Jesus Christ. That's what the Jaredites had. And I believe that is what the Lord is asking us as individuals, as a branch, as a church, and a national 
and global scale, I believe he's asking of that, us of that right now. So our goal is can we collectively reach this untouched potential together as a branch? What comes with this is that we need to have untouched, untouched trust with him. That we need to be able to get to a point spiritually that when the Lord asks us something, again, without hesitation, we move. And part of that is we need to start changing our focus to what's more important. So our focus needs to be less on this world and more on him. And it says in Colossians, if ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above. Where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God, set your affection on things above, not of things on this earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. You know, we get so worked up and focused on the grades that we're going to get, the paycheck that's coming on Friday, the turkey that we're making this Thursday, the Christmas presents that we have to buy for next month. And our mind, we become so distracted on a day-to-day -day basis away from the Lord. And I'm asking you that even those, those things have their time and their purpose, that our primary focus is on him. And when you do that, he will manifest himself in your life like he had never has before. When you begin to show trust in him, he will show up and deliver you in ways that you never could have imagined. Think about that. Remember those times where you've trusted in him. When you were out of a job, we put our complete trust in him. When that paycheck didn't come, the bonus wasn't as big as we thought it was going to be. We put our trust in him. We should have that same trust every single day. And the purpose of this, that our trust might be greater today. We as a branch, as individuals, need to have untouched love. We need to get to a point where our relationship with God, that we start to love others like he loves us. And I put this scripture up there because so often we quote it, but we do not live it. It says, but I say unto you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, and pray for them which despitefully use you. Can you honestly say that you do this today? Because I'm going to put my hand up and I say, I do not. You know, there's a book that talks about the different love languages that we have. So we can break it down to the very minute level. And I'm going to start with people that we love, do we show them love like we're supposed to? Do we show them unconditional love that we're supposed to? And for me personally, even within my own home, I sometimes do not show the appropriate love language for my own wife. So how am I supposed to love people who curse me, people who are out to get me, unconditionally like Jesus Christ? So we need to change ourselves that start easy. That our love in our own homes would be greater. Our loves for our spouses, our love for our children needs to change and be even greater. 
Because there is no way that you can get to this point without doing it to the people that we love most. So we start in our homes, and then we bring that to the branch. That divisions and cliques and gossiping goes away. Because we love each other unconditionally. We love each other like we are truly brothers and sisters. And we support one another. You know, we went to the funeral of Brother Dwayne yesterday. And I gave you know, his son, Brother David, a hug. And he asked where Bethany was. And I told her that she was home with Madison because it was her birthday party. And it sunk into him that I missed my own daughter's birthday party because that family means so much to us. And that we wanted to represent our family, showing our love to them. Because they had such a crucial part in our marriage, in our spiritual lives. That's the type of relationships that we should have within our branch. That type of love we should have. That when somebody's sick, when someone is hurting, when someone loses a loved one, we should be there without hesitation. We're talking about bringing this from whatever level we're at to the next level. A place of love that we would have for each other in a way that you've never loved before. Because of this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And I think it's unfortunate that this verse is quoted so much and almost becomes routine and cliche. But let that sit in for a second. I think of my children when I read this verse now. And I think of sitting in bed with them You know, snuggling your kids. And I think of the love that our Father in Heaven had where He sent His Son, Jesus Christ, for us. Because I couldn't imagine life without my children. So when I look at this verse, that's the picture I imagine in my mind. The love that He had for each and every one of you that he willingly let, sent his son. You see, God is the ultimate giver. He loves us so much, he gave everything. If we want to get to the next level as a branch, as an individual, we have to understand this point, that he loves us so much. That Jesus Christ died willingly for you. And when we give, think about this. That every man according to his purpose, purpose in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity. For God loves a cheerful giver. We should never, and my purpose today is not to coerce anyone into giving. You should never be guilted into giving to the Lord. It should come out of your heart because you understand the love that he has for you. You have to understand that we are made in God's image. And him being the father who gave his only son, we have that same love. We have that same ability to give of ourselves. Naturally. Spiritually. Over and over again. How beautiful that is. 
So giving. Why do we do it? When do we do it? We give because we love, but we should also give often and regularly to his church. 1 Corinthians in the 16th chapter talks about this, where the leadership of the church in the early church would come on a weekly basis and they would collect the tithes of the brothers and sisters. They would give on a regular <coughs> basis and we should have the same attitude that we give not that it's routine or not that we're grudgingly, but we have to come to this understanding that when we give our money, it's not our money. That we are stewards, that we are managers of everything that we have. None of this life, even though we try to take control of it and we try to say it's mine, it all belongs to God. And he could require all of it if he wants. Your house, your family, your paycheck, all belongs to him. We're just taking care of it in this life. So God requires us that on a regular basis the tithing happens and we give back. How much we give, I love the scripture. And this is um, the widow and her mites. And he says, And he called unto him his disciples and saith unto them, Verily I say unto you that this poor widow hath cast in more than all they which have cast into the treasury. For all they did cast in their abundance, but she of her want did cast in all that she had, even all her living. And so this woman didn't have month, much, but she gave to the church at that point in time. And the Lord makes an example because they saw all these rich men and Pharisees and Sadducees coming and giving money. But to them, it was a drop in the hat. There was no sacrifice. And that's what the Lord is telling us, that we want to give in a way that we are sacrificing in and of ourselves. Because it's easy to drop a $10 bill in the basket on your way out. It's easy to do that. And that's what the Lord is saying. He goes, you know, big deal. Give of yourself in a way that you've never given before. And that's what we want for this branch. This is what we want for you because the Lord will bless you when you do that. And Brother Pete alluded to this. And I love this scripture. It's one of my favorite scriptures in, in both the Bible and Book of Mormon. It says, where there is no vision, the people perish. If you have no vision of the future, you're lost. You're kind of wandering around with your head cut off at that point. If you have no vision of heaven, just like our brother went on to his reward, what are we working for here? If you have no vision in this church of Zion, how are we going to build it? If we have no vision of a branch on how we're going to do that. How are we going to grow? If we have no vision of an individual of how we get closer to Jesus Christ, we won't. We'll just be spinning our wheels. So a little behind the scenes for the last year is we have a finance committee that's put together all the numbers. 
how much it costs to pay the light bill, to pay the water bill, to keep the ground maintained. And we've looked at all the numbers. We had an appraisal for the building, and we know exactly how much this building costs if we put it on the market today. And we gathered that information so that we might know whatever we have, how can we go forward as a branch? So to give you an idea, we're just shy of sitting on a million dollars to give you a kind of gestalt. So if you wanted to go out and buy a church that looked like the Mesa branch today, you'd be looking at spending a million dollars. Okay. So how many want to see more people in this building? Have you ever driven by after church has started? I've had, I guess it's a little unfortunate I have to work on Sundays sometimes. Have you ever pulled through the parking lot at 11.15 and found a place to park on most Sundays? Imagine if a visitor wanted to come to the Church of Jesus Christ that day and they pulled into our parking lot and circled the lot with zero open spots. If they had no overwhelming desire, if it was me, I would have finished my circle and went down the street to Dutch Brothers. I would have, I would have followed Nate. So if we want to grow the branch, there are certain things that we have to account for. How many times have you sat in the back on the uncomfortable chairs because there are no cushy seats to sit on? So just logistically, if we grow our congregation, we need more room. And whether we buy a larger building, whether we build on the land that we own right next door to this building, if we want to double, it takes money. It takes at least a million dollars to get a place like this. So for which of you intending to build a tower sitteth not down first and counteth the cost, whether he have sufficient funds to finish it? So if we never actually make those thoughts and we say, well, we want to double our congregation in the next couple of years, but we have nowhere to put them, you know, our wheels need to start turning now. If we want to see our families who used to worship with us here, where are we going to put them when they come back? If we want to see our friends that we spend time with in here today and next week and for the months to come, where will they go? And that is our vision that we might have room for them, that they might worship comfortably with us. So this is really neat. So my favorite personal way to tithe and to give money to the church, Brother Mark, stand up. Yeah, go ahead, stand up. This is Brother Mark. I give a check to Brother Mark every, well, Bethany gives a check to Brother Mark every week, or once a month. That is one way to give. There is a giving box outside that you can fill out an envelope and you can put your money there. And we'll send this link out um, as part of our weekly announcements moving forward. So if you want to find Brother Mark and you want to give him a big hug at the end of a service and hand him a check, he will happily take it. It does not go into his bank account. It goes into the churches. 
If you want to fill out an envelope and you want to mark, I want to give 50% of this to Lady Circle, I want to give 50% to Sunday School, you can put it in the envelope out there. What's beautiful now is because I've had some brothers and sisters come to me and say, well, I never carry cash. We can't remember the last time our bank sent us checks to write a check to the church. So this makes it a little easier for us. Where now you can go online and you can pull this up on your phone and it brings you to this page. It belongs to us as the Mesa branch. And you can say, I want to give however much money I want to give. And you can see right there, it says, choose a fund. And it will give you those four options where you can give to the general funds, to Lady Circle, to the MBA, to Sunday School. And you can even check, I want to recur every month uh, on the next box. And you can say, I want it to come from my credit card or my bank account. And you can make your own account, and it just continues to do that regularly. And we want to make it as easy as possible, as seamless as possible, for our brothers and sisters to give to the Lord. And we have a goal. And if, going back to that thought of this group growing, and busting at the seams, and how are we going to get there? We do need money in order for that to happen. And going back to my first statement that I am so proud of our group. We are so proud of how much that you love the Lord and how much you give to him. That this year we are on pace to have the highest amount of money given to the church that the Mesa branch has ever seen in an annual basis. You deserve a pat on the back for that. You guys are incredible that you are already giving in a way that the Mesa branch has never seen before. And this is where the ministry, we get together and we look at the numbers and we say, you guys are incredible. You guys are beautiful in how much that you love the Lord that you already give. And we're saying we want to take that and we want to be able to Follow the Lord's spirit wherever he takes us into this next year. Wherever the Lord wants us to go, we want to be in a place financially where we can say, Lord, we will follow you wherever you want us to be. And our financial goal for this upcoming year is we want to see donations totaling $300,000. So we want to double what you guys did this year. So going back to that discussion, how do we do it? It's you and I need to change our relationship with Jesus Christ. That you and I need to get to a different relationship with him like we never had before. Going back to that testimony where I needed to have complete faith in him that he would heal me of this horrible disease, and he did. That is the type of faith that we're asking you to do. That this next year, that you might take a step forward and have faith in him like you never had before. That you might have trust in him like you never had before. That you might love your brothers and sisters and your family in a way that you never had before. And a culmination of all of that, that you might give in a way that you never have before.
This is that path that I referred to. This is what those Jaredites looked at as they stood at the ocean. And they looked out into a place where no one had ever been. They had to have faith in God. They had to have faith in Christ that where they were going, he would take care of them. And that is the faith that we have today. The spirit in which we do this. We want you to know, and this is the Apostle Paul talking to one of the early churches. And I quoted the English Standard Version because I love how plain it is. It says, we want you to know, brothers, about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. For in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty. So he's pointing out this group of people that were poor and had nothing. And this is what they did. It says, have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. For they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means. So they went from having faith, I believe in you, and they took that next step, where they gave more. Of their own accord, begging us earnestly for the favor of taking part in the relief of the saints. So this is what we're talking about. We're not just talking about building a building just so we can say, look at what has made. We're talking about we want to accommodate the world here. We want to accommodate Mesa. We want to accommodate our brothers and sisters in Chandler and Gilbert and Tempe. We do not want to see it stop here. Because the message of Jesus Christ is for the entire world. And we want to be in a place that the saints can worship, where new people can come in and experience the love of God like you have, where he can change their lives as he has changed ours. And he says, see that you excel in this act of grace also. So Paul recognizes these, the faith of these brothers and sisters, and he calls it out for each and every one of us says, you should do this too. Look at this example. I say this not as a command, but to prove by the earnestness of others that your love also is genuine. You see, our goal is not that we would coerce you to giving. Our goal is not to coerce you to love the Lord. Our goal is that you might have a relationship with Jesus Christ in a way that you never had before. Not because Austin told you, not because I told you, but because you have the love of God in your heart and you are filled with his Holy Spirit. That is what we desire of you. We are desiring of you to have a relationship with God like you have never had before. So our goal to raise $300,000 next year only can be accomplished if you have a new untouched relationship with God. An unexplored path with him. That your faith this coming year might be new. That your trust in him might be different. It might be greater. That your love for him would grow. And as a byproduct of that, you might give not only to the church, but you might give to your brothers and sisters in need 
that you might give to people outside these walls like you never have before. Because God so loved the world that he gave his only son for you. And you are made in his exact image. And you are made to give just like the Father. You are made to give just like the Son. It's inherent. It's hardwired in us. But sometimes we become so distracted. We get turned upside down by afflictions and struggles in our lives that we forget that core principle that we are givers just like him. My prayer is that as we go into this next year, as we go into this holiday season, that you might enter this with the Lord. That your faith and your relationship is completely different. May God bless you today. So did everyone enjoy the message, the presentation, and the spirit in which it was delivered? Amen? Amen. Now, if you're human, like all of us probably said, or at some point in the presentation said, wow, or geez, I don't know, can we do this? Come on, I mean, we're human, right? You know, and at the end of the day, um, Sometimes questioning things and sometimes uh, not believing that this is possible is really not so much being negative, but it's an act of fear. Do you agree? And faith and fear cannot coexist. Can't. And so, this beautiful hymn says, Not a burden we bear, not a sorrow we share, listen to this line, but our toil he doth richly repay. Do you believe that? I believe that. Can't outgive the Lord, <laughs> brothers and sisters. We cannot outgive the Lord. Not a grief nor a loss, not a frown nor a cross, but is blessed if we trust and obey. And, and that doesn't mean we're not going to be having to go through life with some issues. We will. There's, we're in this life. This life is, 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 is a fallen world we live in. There's sin all around us. And uh, we, uh, we, we, get, we get rained on sometimes. Yeah, you ever get rained on? I got rained on this week. So, I, I love what Brother AJ said. If, if, if you, you listen to the message, and this is what we talk about as ministry. And that is, brothers and sisters, that we, we, we get into the, into, the, into the topics like this. And all of a sudden, expect people to change overnight. This is a big goal, $300,000, right? And Brother AJ just didn't come up with that goal by himself, by the way. That was your leadership setting a vision for us. And, and we, we honestly believe it's possible. So we're stepping out in that untouched faith that the Lord is requiring of us. But you know, it's not going to happen overnight unless we deepen our relationship with the Lord. And that's the main message today. 
You might say, bro, Brother Pete, 150 people. We don't see all 150 people every week. That's true. We need a deeper relationship with the Lord. You know, there's, this isn't just about giving money, brothers and sisters. You know what's coming up? Uh, the holidays are coming up, right? Great. Then what comes up right after the holidays for the church? Does anyone remember? What happens in January? No, 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 no. Not the giving goes down. No, we're going to be positive. Okay. By the way, we had a record year this year. So that's why I clapped. And half of you didn't clap. And I don't know why that is. <laughs> you, you celebrate things like that. You know, the angels are clapping in heaven. They clap when a soul comes to Christ. What happens in January in the church of Jesus Christ? Particularly the Mesa branch, but all branches. What happens in January? We have a business meeting. We have many business meetings. And we're looking for recruits. We're looking for people to give to the Lord of their service and of their time. How many of you want to be a junior church teacher? How many of you want to lead our Sunday school? How many of you want to lead our MBA? Have a working ministry with our young. It's not just about money. It's about having a core group expand to the work of the Lord. You with me? The core group. You know what the goal is of any, any group? Is to get the core group to expand. Because it catches fire. People exciting other people to do the work of the Lord. Isn't how that how the Holy Spirit works? I'll give you a little example of that. I'm going to put Brother Doug on the spot. So don't get nervous, Brother Doug. It's easy. But Brother Doug, he, uh, he meets the church. First, he met it through a website, correct? Right? He goes, he goes in, uh, on a work trip, and he goes to the Kirtland Temple, and in the library, he sees our church. He reads about it. Bang, he goes on the website, right? If, I, if I'm saying this wrong, you stop me. And this brother... Coming from another church, believing in the Book of Mormon, was reading the Book of Mormon and was reading it and was reading it. And all of a sudden, when he clicked on the website for this little Mesa Church of Jesus Christ, and he heard that Sunday the preacher preach about there's going to be a choice here in the latter day that will bring Joseph back to the Messiah. He began to hear that there's a kingdom of peace that will be built on this land and a new Jerusalem will be here and Jesus will be in our midst. And all of a sudden, it resonated with him. These people know the Book of Mormon. Am I right so far? And he listened for six months, brothers and sisters. And he says to his beautiful wife, you heard their testimony that Sunday. We, we got to go. And lo and behold, one Sunday... Him and his beautiful wife and his entire family, they show up in this front pew over here. I think it was right over here. And we were blown away. And after we got to know him, I had breakfast with him. And he was asking all about the church. Remember that beautiful breakfast at AJ's with Brother Mike? And here's what I'm going to put you on the spot with. He was so stirred up with the church. He hadn't even joined yet. He said, Brother Pete, somehow we have to get the message out to the church that I'm going to leave because there are many people here that want to believe in the truth of the gospel that we are preaching every week here in Mesa. Is that not what you said? 
Why did he say that, brothers and sisters? Why did you say it, Brother Doug? It's the truth. But what touched your heart to say that? That's what AJ's speaking of, brothers and sisters. That we have a love, a love of God for all men and for the truth, the Book of Mormon says. And if that love penetrates our heart because we walk with Christ and we love the Lord God with all our heart and our soul and our strength and our might, then we're going to want people to come. And if we want people to come, then, oh, my brothers and sisters, we have, a, have to have a place for them, right? And we have to have a work for them. And we have to serve them. And we have to teach them. And we have to preach unto them and teach them and love them and bless them in Jesus. That takes all of us, those of us that... Come to church. Don't be on the outside, brothers and sisters. Get in the group. Get involved. Be a part of the church. No, but Brother Pete, you don't understand. I have problems. I have issues. You want it, you want, you want, hey, Brother BJ, I'm going to step out on faith. You want your problems to be taken care of. Step out, brothers and sisters. Put it out to the Lord. Try me, the Lord says. See, prove me if I will not, if you give unto me that I will not open the windows of heaven and pour a blessing upon you that you won't be able to contain. Do you believe that today? Amen. It's the word of God. I've done it in my life. A, a quick story. A young man, I was in my 30s, and... The church was asking for young men to get involved in missionary work. And one of my close friends, he's now an apostle in our church. I grew up with him, and we were so close as we were ordained together. He said, Brother Pete, I, I have a desire to go to Mexico. Do you want to go? Boy, Paul, I said I'd love to go, but you know, I, Wendy and I have got three teenagers. We live pay to pay. And we did, brothers and sisters. We live pay to pay, like many do. I have nothing in the bank. I, I don't know. Do you think the church could help us go? Well, let's ask the brother. So we asked the brother in charge. He said, well, we don't have funds this year. We, we, but if you want to go, we want you to go. So I went home. This is the untouched faith we're talking about, my brother. So yours is a healing. Me, it's the work of the Lord. I said to Wendy, you know, we, I want to go, Wendy. Got this shiny new credit card here. It's got zero balance on it. Now, listen, you young people, we don't want you to spend money on a credit card, okay? <laughs> don't go, okay. But I want you to listen to the, to the story and how the Lord worked this out. I said, I could charge the trip and we'll make payments. And so I did. Wendy said, go ahead, honey. And I went to Mexico, and it changed my life, brothers and sisters. I got sick when I was down there. The Lord healed me. I was instantly healed on the spot. And so we come back home, and, um, and uh, now i got a $3,000 bill i got to pay off. Okay, so we get busy. The first week I got back home, I'm at work, and the HR lady calls me up. Pete. I'm so sorry. This was Thanksgiving time, by the way. I'm so sorry. We had just gotten a little bonus. 
which Wendy and I needed it just to pay bills. Pete, um, we got a problem with your last paycheck. And we need you to come down to HR. The branch president's going to be there, and we need to talk to you. I got off that phone. I shut my door. And I started to yell at the Lord. You know, I went and spent this money. And I, I, I really believed that it was going to be okay. And now they're going to take money off of me. And this is amazing. Lord, I got this bill. How am I going to pay it? Now they're going to want money from me. I go down to I, I stopped yelling. I go down to HR. And my boss is there, the, 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 the branch manager. The, you know, Pete, we're so sorry. We underpaid you on your paycheck. And so here's your check, and we, we, we want to apologize. My heart started beating like a trip hammer. I went back to my office. I opened up that check. And I can still remember the number. It was like $2,800 and some change. It was the exact amount that I spent on the trip, and my credit card was paid full. Well, you know, I shut the door again, and I knelt down. And I began to repent. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. And so the scripture says, I'll even, I, 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 I'll just quote it. Give, and it shall be given unto you. And the Lord was speaking to them like they understood. You ever go to the market? You ever go someplace or to somebody that's selling fruit or vegetables or bulk groceries on the side of the road, right? Given it shall be given to you. You want a little more than what you can. You want to bargain for your money. And the Lord says, shake it. Press down, right? I want, I want everything that's going to fill in that sack. If I'm buying that sack for five bucks, I want it all, right? Shake it. No air in that sack, AJ. Austin, no air. Press down. Now there's more room, the Lord says. We're going to pour in more grain. Overflowing, the Lord says. You cannot give the Lord, brothers and sisters, if you make an effort. I don't know. If all 150 people did show up here, we wouldn't have enough seats for them. Do you ever think about that? This sanctuary holds about 110. That's why on many Sundays, we got all those chairs, and the, the doors open up, right? Does the Lord want to bless wonderful people? AJ said, our families, our loved ones that have left, our coworkers, how about our strangers? Doug and Christine were strangers to us just a, a year ago. Were you not? We didn't know you. Today they're my brother and sister in Christ Jesus. Amen. They're part of the gospel restored. They believe like we believe. Amen. And I believe the Lord is waiting patiently for us. I do believe he shakes. I believe he quakes with anticipation of blessing us, brothers and sisters. Don't let our fear hold back the blessings of God. You agree? Because the Lord didn't hold back nothing for us. He gave his best. He gave his best. So when you, when you look at this communion today, remember what I said a couple weeks ago? 
Have you ever asked your children? Sometimes I do that to my grandkids. I just was seeing two of my grandkids Thursday night, and the one I was, it's Johnny, I held him, and I said, you love Papa. I love you, Papa. Well, when I hear that, I, I lose it. I got to tell you. Well, when you take the cover off of this beautiful supper, you ask the Lord, do you love me, Lord? And you take the bread and the wine, and from heaven shouts back, I love you. I will always love you. I'll keep on loving you still through all, all eternity. Brothers and sisters, are you grateful for that? I'm grateful that the Lord loves me. Despite of all my weaknesses and insufficiencies, this bread and wine yells it back at me. I love you. All right? You ever feel a little insecure? Uh, we want to take the bread and wine, don't we? We want to take that and we want to work for the Lord and we want to labor for him because we're grateful for what he's done for us. Cannot give the Lord. So with that, brothers and sisters, I hope you enjoyed today. We're, we're not done with this, by the way. This is just to get you excited. Okay, this message will be playing throughout the year. The goal will be in front of us. We'll have a lot more here. We'll get them excited, right? And we'll see how we're doing. Right? At the end of the day, we had a great year this year. I would have never believed, brothers, you agree? Well, we didn't ever believe we'd have collected this kind of money this year. Never believe. We, and we have so much more we can do and so many more things we have to get accomplished. So with that, we're going to pass the Lord's Supper. John, you want to come up and help us?